the future. A relentless, desperate wasteland ravaged by nuclear war. With the destruction of the internet and search engines such as Google, accurate information about the past is traded like currency. Two brave travelers are commissioned with the dangerous task of going back through time to gather as much information as they can to find out about the late 20th and early 21st centuries in hopes that a future society may rebuild what was lost and avoid the horror of a smoldering radioactive planet. But there is a catch. The travelers journey back across eons of time is a one-way trip, leaving them stranded in the past. There's no way to communicate their findings to the future other than burying reinforced time capsules in the ground. In the hopes that one day recordings such as these will be unearthed to provide a glimpse of the world that once was. This is the mission of the crispy coated robots. And it must succeed. Hey, it's Jim. Hello, Jim. This is Joseph. <laughs> and it's George. Welcome, everybody, to the final episode. Of, no, uh, to another episode of Crispy Coated <laughs> Robots. Uh, it might be, you know, it might be the final episode, depending on how this goes. This is episode 155. Write it down. You're going to want to pay attention on this one, kids. Today, we have two great topics. Sometimes we have a good topic. Uh, sometimes we have a great topic. Today, we have two great topics. <laughs> the first one is best AI. That stands for artificial intelligence. Uh, so these are um, what Joseph, like. We're going to do AI movies, but. No, no, they're they're not. They they could be sentient, but it's more or less machine learning uh, robots, basically. You know, they, they're 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 learning. They're learning by uh, getting all the information that they have about humans to figure out how we think and do it better. And, well, it's not just maybe, robots; it's master computers also. So, I mean, master yeah, computers, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah, right, right. They don't. We actually have a robots episode. So we are they robots. Can, they can be robots, uh, but it's just the thinking brain. Uh, let's go with that. So, uh, and then the second topic, which I'm equally excited about, is directors, Acting movie for directors, directors. <laughs> uh, turned into actors. Uh, yeah. So directors, uh, and it can't be somebody that's directing themselves as a, you know, like uh i don't know uh so it can't be a movie like Woody Allen. by themselves it, yeah right. well uh, the way i phrased it whenever i got the note is uh directors acting for other directors yeah yes yeah yeah and not a uh actor turn director correct yeah it can't be yeah. like ben yeah. affleck you know did yeah. argo yeah and and but, good directors but no they 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 did not start off as an actor is that a, a fair way to my, say that? my yeah. number one my number one i had to take off my list and i can talk about it now because i had to take off uh was uh uh the third man oh uh, yeah which yeah. is one of my favorite movies and all that orson wells but I was like, Arson Wells really got his start as an actor on the stage. He was a producer, director, but mostly an actor, both in radio and stage. He did Citizen Kane, and then he started doing acting roles. But 
I said, you know what? I gotta be, I gotta be true. He was probably an well, actor before a director. So there you well, go. We were goes, doing there goes, there goes my number five. If uh, we were not, doing best host <laughs> of a, a, a apocalyptic uh, documentaries, I think he'd be in there for the man who knew tomorrow. Oh, that's <laughs> <Dramas. laughs> Let me show you a magic trick. Yeah. <laughs> Nostradamus predicted a. I remember that, but in the movie though, in the movie, the man who knew tomorrow, they did predict nine 11 which is crazy. Yeah, but that's one of those things that people that talk about Nostradamus, I think work harder trying to make things fit after <laughs> the fact. It's like he I said, have, I have a Hitler. Conspiracy. That's like Hitler. That's but like the Hitler, movie was made. Yes. The movie was made in the 80s, though. And I, 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 have a to theory, the <laughs> I have a theory that the people that made that movie go out and make things happen uh, yeah. so they can go. See, see? you're talking well, about well, some Jim, classic Jim, pictures. Remember? You remember though what they predicted was going to happen in Los Los Angeles in 1997. Do you remember? This is the same documentary. Oh, this is about the Lakers basketball team, right? Cannibalism. No. That, oh, that oh, we we're going to okay. run out of water. It's going to be drought, and cannibalism was going to happen. I, remember I do remember that. there was two tall buildings, and there'll be fire, and so and so. I remember. I remember that part. Orson Welles. Right. Uh, well, but yeah. I mean, come on, that's like James Taylor. I've yeah, seen far and I've, but I, I, you know, I, I do yeah. like the SCTV version better. Uh, Nostradamus, Nostradamus knows, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Know it all, Mr. Know it all. Nobody <laughs> likes to know it all. <laughs> well, boys, let's let's get to work uh, for the sake of the future and the sake of our listeners. Let's start off, Jim. What is your number five best AI? Best AI movie is the first AI movie I ever saw. It's not the best movie in the world, although it has been received in France and it's made the list of one of the best science fiction movies of all time. Actually appears on their list of the best science fiction movies of all time. It is the sequel to one of the original AI films. It is Future World from 1976. Ooh, filmed have, in Houston, Texas. Yes, we have Peter Fonda and Blythe Danner as um, they're both uh, reporters that are invited to the reopening of Westworld uh, because of everything that went wrong with uh, in the movie Westworld with uh, Yul Brenner. Uh, Yul Brenner is pretty much the only one who returns in a dream sequence, but they have four worlds in this one. It's uh, spa world, medieval world, Roman world, and future world, which is a space world. So uh, still, still in the movie, which is PG, you can still have sex with robots. <laughs> well, because it's not <laughs> yeah. humans. But. Uh, but the thing about it is, is uh, that the, the two reporters, Fonda and uh, Blythe Danner, they snoop around. They find out instead of uh, in the first film, the uh, actual park is being run by robots. Uh, in the in the you know the first film, you see that one scene where they're all kind of all these humans are plugging all this uh, this data into the thing, but. And so then they interview more there. They find out they're making clones of people who come into the parks. World, they want to make, world leaders. Yeah. Yeah. They want to make a clone of Fonda and Blythe Danner so they can go back and report good things about the park. So I won't give away the ending, but I enjoyed it as a kid. And, and uh, it was the first AI movie I saw with robots before Westworld and future world is my number five on to Joseph. What is yours? Nice. Uh, so I got to be honest with you guys. I like science fiction a lot. But I especially like AI science fiction. I really like the subject. I've been fascinated with it for years now and all that. So uh, my choices are all AI movies that uh, I feel like really address the AI thing. It's not that they just have AI in it, but they actually talk about the, the ethics of AI. And so my first one is going to be from 2013, Her. Uh, this is... 
basically uh, where we sort of are going. I mean, it's in the near future now where you have this, you know, assistant, this voice assistant, just like, you know, your Alexa or your series uh, out there that uh, have companionship. And it just sort of shows what King Phoenix is in it, how like it really can create human emotions. You know, how do humans interact with AI? Well, if it's programmed in there to be your assistant and all that, all of a sudden there's a relationship. But what's amazing to me about this movie is that, uh, do y'all remember how it ends? Yeah, they what, break up. It's, it's, they, yeah, they break they, up, but what yeah, happens? He okay, so his phone. No, it, 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 it smashes Jim, Jim loved this movie. That was the director's Uh, cut. The the idea behind it is, is that, you know, uh, his personal assistant is voiced by Scarlett Johansson, which by the way, was, was completely redubbed after it was already done. They had another actress doing it. And then they decided to go with Scarlett Johansson. They, they had Chris Farley doing it. (laughs) <laughs> and they just it didn't test well it did not test well at all well anyways the van by the river so, so in 2013 the issue uh, in this movie is, is that the ai advances so quickly and all that that they end up getting together and they just leave humanity yeah uh, they, they go form their own they, they form their own yeah and so in 2017 this is sort of interesting to me in 2017 facebook had two robots uh, two AI robots speaking to one yes, another, yes. and they had to shut it down because they, they developed their own, their own language. language. Yeah, they, they started out English languages. before I vi- and I thought, well, there you go. I mean that that just sort of shows you where we are. So, uh, her 2013. All right, George, nice. you're up. Very what nice. is your number five? Well, this is kind of maybe low hanging fruit here, but uh, it was based on a short story called Super Toys Last All Summer Long. Haley Joel Osment as David from 2001's AI. And it's a near future story. Okay. Uh, I I think it takes place in the 2100s. But the polar ice caps have all melted and the oceans rise. And uh, so all the cities are kind of moved inland. But uh, the human race, um, they have developed this technology called mechas to serve them. And David Scar- uh, Scarlett Johansson, Haley Joel Osment, <laughs> uh, she's a she's a different kind of mecca. Uh, but uh, Haley Joel Osment is is a mecca of a young boy that the husband uh, brings home to his wife Monica as a substitute because their real son is in suspended animation or something with this incurable disease, and things are going great until the real son. The, the living human son uh, returns home uh, after there's been a cure for this disease. So and he sees dead people too, which is crazy. That, that's right. Uh, he says, sees dead robots. There are actually some dead robots in here. <laughs> uh, but uh, Stanley Kubrick worked on this project for 20 something years b- before his death. And, and it was his last project before he died. And he, he handpicked Spielberg to, to direct it for him. And Spielberg actually passed up working on Harry Potter, uh, the Sorcerer's Stone, and Jurassic Park Three to to make this this film. Uh, but this, um, what I like about this is the AI. Unlike some of these things where um, AI is trying to kill us and everything, this this is a very innocent 
mechanism that just wants love. And for all intents and purposes, it is the story of Pinocchio yep. wanting to be a real boy. I'm a uh, real boy! You're lying! No, Tom, it's it's like Pinocchio. It's not Pinocchio. It's like Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that is my number five. Nice. AI. AI. All, right, all right. On now to acting directors. Uh, Joseph, what's your number five? Uh, so, Jim, I had to put in number five. You and I love, love one scene. He's in one scene. But it is the best scene in the whole dang movie. We're talking about David Lynch's appearance. This is my number one, as, actually. As, as John Ford uh, in The Fablemans. <laughs> uh, Jim and I love it, it made yeah, the good. film for me. It made the film for me. It I, made I me take up cigar smoking. Just, <laughs> oh my gosh. Just the that one scene. smoke. Jim, I'm going to let you go on about it. It's I, I'm, just gonna, so I'm wearing an eye patch right now as I'm talking about it. Of course, uh, <laughs> in the movie, Steven Spielberg, at least the character is Steven Spielberg with a different name with the Fablemans, uh, wants to be a filmmaker, goes to Universal Studios, uh, is trying to get, get on to Hogan's Heroes. And the director is like, you know what? You want to do movies. You want to meet the best movie director of all time? They go next door, John Ford's office. There he he waits a lot. And then he walks in, David Lynch as John Ford, looking with the, with the same time period with the eye patch hat and everything. And apparently, according to Spielberg, this scene pretty much mirrors exactly what happened when he went into his office. And uh, I wish the movie was my number one pick on our, our show of uh Pretty much based upon this, I wish there was more scenes like this in yes. the movie. Um, yes. And Lynch is so good, and and get the f on my office has felt so <laughs> so was, much at the bottom. You know, it was so good. I told Jim, you know, I I I was talking to Jim about it after I saw it. I was just like, man, like I got so excited over that scene, and then it goes and the end. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a yeah. minute, no, yeah. So there you go. Uh, my number one, your number five, George, what is your number five? Well, Joseph, you just kind of can step out of the studio for a minute. Uh, <laughs> it is Orson Welles as uh, general Dreedle, uh, in catch 22 from 1970. Uh, the plot of the film is Alan Arkin plays bombardier captain, uh, Usarian, um, who's trying to get himself certified insane in world war two. So he can stop flying missions. But Orson Welles plays the general who's he's the uh, commander of, of the U S army Corps, and, uh, has this very provocative girlfriend whack, um, that comes in. Uh, but you know, he comes in, he's, he's very no nonsense military man. Doesn't care what the men under his command, you know, anything about them other than they must be prepared to, you know, fight and follow orders unquestionably. Um, but at the same time, he, I, I like this idea that he's kind of apathetic towards the war effort because he doesn't have any drive. He he's made general. There's nothing more really, uh, to do, but, um, and then of course, Richard Benjamin, um, I, I watched it again today, uh, to prepare for this Richard Benjamin sit there, you know, he's trying to synchronize everybody's watches and all the guys are, are goo, you know, just going gaga over, uh, the general's girlfriend. And then, um, yeah, the next person, what is it? The, the next man that moans is going to be very sorry. Y'all, y'all know the scene I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. This is one of my favorites. Uh, and, uh, but it is such a departure 
Um, and he has such fun with, with the role. Um, and yeah, I didn't really think of him as an actor, but Joseph, you're right. So I, I get it if you're not going to vote for this, but, uh, you know, it's, it's so good. Uh, chair. Oh, here he is. Doesn't anyone for God's sake know what a chair is? Can't you see a lady is standing? A chair for dad's, for the lady. Good stuff. Good stuff. There you go. Uh, I, I did have Orson Welles honorable mention, but that is for the voice for the Transformers, the movie, which was a good one. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we are on to my number five now. Albert Brooks, he is uh, cast many directors in some of his films. I think in uh, Modern Romance, he has James L. Brooks in there. But the one that really stands out is my number five. It is Gary Marshall as the casino owner in Lost in America. Oh. Yeah, when, this is uh, my number four, Jim. This is my number four. Of course, <laughs> when uh, Albert Brooks uh, decides to drop out of society, you know, just like they did an Easy Rider, which and no one gets the reference until Julie Haggerty <laughs> mentions it. <laughs> so he there's, decides there's to no, drop there's out. There's nobody here to quit to. <laughs> <laughs> but they take all their money, realize they can just get in the get in the whole Winnebago, go across the country. Uh, and then Julie Haggerty loses all the casino, everything they had. The nest egg is gone. You don't get I'm the down. nest egg principle. I'm, the nest I'm egg down. is gone. Yeah. But, but, how, how, how down? I'm I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> yeah. You, you took the nest egg. And you broke it all over the, 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 the you casino. You can't say the nest egg. You can't yeah. say it. You can't say it. <laughs> but uh, so he that, he but goes it's back Gary to Marshall. Yeah. Go ahead, the best, Jim, I don't Gary, want to yeah. take it away from you. Go Gary ahead. Marshall is the casino owner. So being an admin, he just left because he was passed over for promotion. He goes try to, has heart. Has <laughs> tries heart. to pitch to uh to get his money back, you know, basically, you know, hey, all these great crazy ad ideas, you know, make we'll make it a Christmas theme. Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the best that, part. That, yeah, that's Gary Marshall says Santa Claus. Santa Claus will give me my money back. Uh, no, no. So he, he ends up, listen, Santa you're a nice Claus. guy. You make me laugh. Yeah, uh, but I'm gonna have to say no. <laughs> it's the best. So good. Yeah. It's so the good. best. So good stuff. I'm I glad you're number four, Joseph. Anything else to add? Uh, no, just literally uh, all I had on there. Literally, I have two words on the Santa Claus Santa. because the way he's, I don't Santa Claus isn't real. <laughs> you know, he just goes on to it. It's so good. It's 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 perfect. It, this is one of of easily my favorite movies. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. like you know, comedy wise and stuff like that. Uh, it just works. I you and I saw this together. We yes, went we to did, the yeah. to, we we went to the movies to see it together, and I just remember this particular scene there of Albert Brooks has this way of being uh, sort of a a braggish loser at the same time. <laughs> he has this extreme confidence that is is thinly veiled with all of his insecurities and neuroses, oh, yeah. yes, and that's yes. the great thing about it is he he can brag about himself but in a desperate way. And that's exactly what happens in this particular scene here, which is, he's like, I'm an ad guy. You know, he talks about, you know, he talks about in every you know, movie. All- that's the theme though. I mean, you go back to real life, you know, he's the documentary maker. Oh, what's the yeah. greatest film of all time. Go with the wind. Well, we, we burn the house. You, you know, <laughs> you really should see it. You're in the business. <laughs> and then of course, for, uh, modern romance, it's all about modern love romance. and being a loser in love. So I mean, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Forget it. Give me back the shoes. 
That's the best. So good stuff. All right. So that nice. is my number five. We're back now to AI movies, or I guess entertainment, since somebody might have a TV entry. Uh, what is your number four, Joseph? Uh, X Machina. Uh, and this is uh, 2014. This is one of the most, I would say, intellectual enterprises with ai because it literally just focuses on the there's no space there's no action uh around this this is pure ai that's what the subject's about that's what the movie focuses on you're mm-hmm. intrigued by it obviously there's uh some sexuality in it uh that keeps you sort of intrigued but that's also sort of a play which is the idea behind it is that you have this programmer that uh, wins in a lottery to spend a week with the, you know, genius. Nathan Bateman. Nathan Bateman. This is my number two. Okay. This is your number two. So, so correct me if I'm wrong uh, or if I'm not, if I'm missing something, George, but basically the idea behind it is uh, it's to see whether or not uh, you can fool people with AI of making a human being believe that they're talking to another human being yeah. that they, they have emotions and all that. It it's has the a Turing of, test. Yeah. It's the Turing test. It's, it's, it's the ethics behind it all of what does it mean to be homo sapien versus cyber sapien. And uh, I just love this movie a lot. I've watched it numerous times. I would say at least a half a dozen times uh, with it. It's, it's just great. I just love it. George, go ahead. Give us some so, more. The, this is the movie that really made me perk up to A24, uh, that film company, uh, and really yes. take notice of them. It's Alex Garland's di- directorial debut, um, and you you have this female robot, Ava, uh, okay, and it just uh, portrayed by uh, Alyssa, uh, Alicia uh, Ver- Verkander, Verkander? Uh- Vikander. We'll be Vikander. back right after these messages. Um, it's, it's Vikander. <laughs> but, uh, and Dom Gleason plays Caleb, and he's the one that, quote, wins the lottery. You find out, find out later he was actually chosen uh, by Oscar Isaac, who is this AI genius uh, kind of blue. They call it Blue blue Book, the, the search engine. Basically, it's Google that he uh, created. But um, – and they just sit in a room together. There's a wall between them, but uh, they just sit there and he interviews her and talks to her and everything and uh, just perfecting this, this AI. And I love uh, her portrayal because she won an Oscar for the Danish girl. But to me, this is such a, so much more nuanced performance. Mm -hmm. I own this movie uh, on DVD. Yes. I'm dating myself there. Uh, But uh, it is just, it is brilliant. And it's, it's a cast. If you don't count the helicopter pilot, uh, it's a cast of three people. Uh, well, I'm sorry. There's a, there's another, a, there's another AI, but she, she never speaks. Right. Uh, but, um, wonderful, wonderful movie. So yeah, this is my number two. All right, right, George, what is your, yeah, well, George, where's your number four? My number four is actually from television and it is the kit car, uh, from, uh, Knight Rider. Okay. So going to the small screen for this one, um, it's a Pontiac Firebird Trans Am because of course, you know, it is, but, uh, he's this self-aware cybernetic logic 
module or whatever you want to say that interacts with humans. And um, he, he is a, I, what I like is he is aware kit is aware of himself and he, kit stands for night industries, 2000, uh, which is kind of lame admittedly. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there, there's an episode, episode 55, uh, the dead of night where he actually, uh, the, he, they talk about his, his memory. So brace yourself. Uh, his reaction time is one nanosecond and his memory capacity is a thousand megabits, <laughs> which is nothing. I'm pretty sure the phone that I'm holding up here, guys, my cell phone, I'm pretty sure that it's, it's more than that. But, uh, the voice of kit was provided by, uh, William Daniels, uh, AKA uh, Mr. Freeney, uh, Feeney on uh, uh, Boy Meets World. Bo Boy Meets World. And then uh, I first knew him on St. Elsewhere as Dark Dr. Mark Craig. Also has but, the classic uh, line in The Graduate, too. So, yeah. He's oh, yeah. You know, yeah. George, yeah. with that memory, I'm sure the writer who was probably writing on Commodore 64 thought that's a huge amount of storage. This, we're <laughs> we're never going to surpass this. All <laughs> the storage went to his evil car, which was Cat. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. exactly. But uh, <laughs> that is my number four kit. All right. Writer, which my I know number four you're voting is, uh... for because it's not a movie. <laughs> Y'all already told me. <laughs> we're not. My number four, uh, you know, uh, writer, uh, director, Michael Crichton, he likes to do these uh, parks where things go wrong. And, of course, before ja Jurassic Park was the original AI films, uh, which was called Westworld, which was, of course, yeah. I mentioned I mentioned Future World. Future World took place in 1985, which is kind of shooting it kind of short since the movie was in 73. Westworld takes place in 1983. So he was really hoping a lot of technology would happen really Oof. quick <laughs> so uh same kind of thing it's, it's a vacation for james brolin and richard benjamin in full 70s mustache uh and they go to uh enjoy this thing for a thousand dollars a day and that was that's that's huge for back in the day so you like again like the pg movie before it i talked about you can have sex with robots <laughs> that was like the big draw there was western world in the old west medieval world roman world and those just three of them so of course we know everything goes wrong and the gunfighter and west yeah. world yes uh, Yule Brenner malfunctions, and of course the uh, robots um, go ahead and rise up. But you know this, this is this is I consider this a really good piece of science fiction. HBO spun it off into a series. I still don't know what's going on. I, I understand the first two seasons. The third one went off into this crazy. It wasn't even AI. It was just bad. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> They took the original yeah, it idea. Goes wrong, bad. Yeah, but but they did have a series before that was on regular TV called Beyond Westworld. So it had its yeah, own little, yeah. its own little uh, legacy here. So my two first two entries are Future World and Westworld because I think <laughs> they, they they deserve a little love because they get lost in the shuffle. All right, so let's move on now to the number two acting director, Joseph. Who do you got? Number two or, or number oh sorry, number four, four, number four. I was going okay. Yeah, Ooh. Uh, Gary Marshall. Me. Okay, George, you're number four. My number four is Quentin Tarantino as Richie uh, Gecko uh, from Dust Till Dawn. So uh, he's the brother of George Clooney's character in this horror film, uh, directed by, of course, Tarantino's Rod friend Robert, Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah, uh, and in the movie, they uh, the two brothers 
They've committed a bunch of violent robberies, which I kind of wanted to see, but uh, they're headed to, to Mexico and on their way to Mexico, they decide to stop in a bar and have a drink. Fatal mistake because everyone in the bar is a vampire and uh, the Gecko brothers have to have to fight them off. But uh, Selma Hayek, that's all I got to say about that. that Selma Hayek. Yep. Yep. If you're going to go, <laughs> what a way to go. <laughs> Selma Hayek in her prime. Sure. Well, you know, he, he, he wrote this script and was hired to act in it before he became famous for Reservoir Dogs. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, so it was one of those things that, yeah, so it was it was like everyone thought, oh, you know, he Robert Rodriguez actually casted him because he's like, hey, you, you wrote this, you know, you helped write the draft and all that. Why don't you go ahead and be in it and stuff like that? Also, Reservoir Dogs, everyone's like, oh, my God, it's Quentin Tarantino, you know, started doing this guest appearance. So, yeah, it sort of has an interesting origin. All righty, cool. Uh, my number four is Robert Downey Sr. in Boogie Nights. Now, we know him as a very, very uh, original filmmaker from Putney Swope, which is an advertising satire, satire uh, which really, you know, challenged uh, race relations back in 1969. He made a movie called Pound, which was bizarre also. And then, um, of course, Mad, Mad Magazine's only film, 1980s Up the Academy. Oh, yeah. Which yes. you know, <laughs> so he made so he made tickle your ass with a feather. <laughs> very interesting <laughs> films and Boogie Nights. He has a memorable scene as the studio owner, uh, who is in charge of the tapes of uh, uh, Dirk Diggler and John C. Riley's character, who are making the the classic song "Feel the Heat." And when everything starts going <laughs> wrong, <laughs> the heat. Everything starts going wrong, and they start losing money, and they can't get their tapes back. You have a very memorable scene with uh, Downey Senior, uh, almost playing like a Gary Marshall role here, as they're trying to convince him, "Hey, just give us the tapes. They're, it's gonna go gold. We'll make a bunch of money, and we'll come back and give it to you." Of course, he stands his ground and throws him out. Uh, and uh, other. Uh, a cameo there's michael penn is sean uh, penn's brother also working in the studio so uh boogie nights and michael uh, penn what's the hit song jim um no no myth no yeah myth. no myth that was the one yeah yeah and yep. I, I did have that first album but uh so my number four is robert downey senior and boogie nights so we move on now to the number three ai movie or entertainment we'll take a break joseph what you got okay so number three uh it's sort of on the nose, but really, again, it focuses on AI. Although it has a lot of action to it, it focuses on AI. I'm talking about 1982's Blade Runner. Uh, this is the movie. Well, it's actually based on the book. Uh, what is it called? Uh, do, uh, do, do androids? And, yeah. Do androids dream of electric electric sheep? sheep. But it gives us the phrase "more human than human." Right. And uh, that's sort of what the idea behind it is. It's, you know, we've talked about this uh, movie so much. George has talked about this movie so much. <laughs> and it's sequel. To talk about, <laughs> I'm prepared to talk an hour and a half. If you'll, uh, if that's uh, but basically you have the protagonist, Rick Deckard, who is a Blade Runner, which is basically a, a special law enforcement that tracks down these androids that are basically what george they're like war machines they are replicants. like they're replicants yeah yeah they're there are varieties some of them are uh, soldiers you have models like pris which is a pleasure unit you have a lot of some work in factories but these have come back to earth 
these Nexus six robots have come back to earth in hopes of extending their four, four year lifespan. That's uh, it. So, and that's where the problem is, is they're not supposed to be back on earth. They're supposed to just expire out there, you know, working in the galaxy, but uh, right. they come back. And when they come back, this, this unit of special police officers, blade runners uh, retire them. They don't kill them because they're not alive. They retire them. There you go. So I uh, really sort of, you know, 1982 for me, very impressionable. That's when it really got me thinking about, you know, the idea of like, what does it mean to be human? Uh, I feel like Blade Runner does a very good job of that because there's always this debate. I think it's been resolved already uh, by the director of whether or not, you know, uh, the protagonist is a replicant himself. So anyways, uh, well, my number th- Oh, I'm sorry. Three. I was, was going to say Harrison Ford and Ridley Scott, the director, disagree exactly on, on what it is. Uh, and in the sequel, they don't even resolve it, which I thought was really smart. But uh, yeah, this is there a good go. one. The, the right. big it's not on your list, on George. This. Not on your list. It, it is. It is not on my list. Wow! No. Wow! Wow! Uh, that's George. amazing. I'm- it, it, there was another show where it wasn't on your list that I thought it was going to be. Uh, you know, pretty much a. A sure thing. All right, we'll move on to your number three. What is it, George? My number three is actually Kevin Spacey as Gertie from uh, Duncan Jones Moon. Um, the, again, only a couple of characters, depending on how you count the characters in this. Uh, there's only two or three major characters in the in the film. Sam Rockwell plays astronaut Sam Bell. Uh, who's at the end or nearly at the end of his three-year uh, cycle on the moon. And his only companion is this AI called Gertie, who is the uh, base's uh, interactive computer. Um, and it's it's the script is so clever because the writers play off of the whole idea of this distrust of, of AI. Um, Gertie is not a, a robot with, arms and legs he just kind of moves around you know on these on on this frame uh, mechanism uh and on the first viewing the audience you you kind of know there's something up uh with sam and what's going on but uh and, and you know that gertie knows what it is but he's not letting sam in on the on the secret he and uh but in time you learn gertie's just following his program programming uh so he's kind of a victim of it too, but there's this great moment in it. And this isn't spoiling too much, but when everything is revealed and Sam comes up with a plan, Gertie offers for Sam to reboot him, which will erase his memory, basically restore it back to the factory preset. So Gertie won't know what what's happening uh, in the plan. And um, so it's, it's just really great. Uh and one thing that I, I think is also interesting is they they did really good casting with Kevin Spacey because his voice is very cold. It's it's supposed to have warmth, but it's very cold and an- antiseptic. So you see a lot of Gertie's emotions just with these uh, emojicon things, you know, the smiley face or the puzzled little smiley face or, you know, yellow face and things like that. But uh you at the end of this, you feel like Gertie genuinely cares about Sam Bell and what's happening with him more than an, an AI should be allowed to. Have y'all seen this film? 
I have. I, have, uh, I liked yeah. it. I, I like it. It's it's one of the few AI where the the AI is not trying to not kill you. Yeah. Trying to kill you. Yes. <laughs> yes. I agree. I agree. It's a good one. Very good. All right. Uh, my number uh, three. Uh, they looked for a uh, someone to play this role. They went to Arnold Schwarzenegger, Michael Ironside, Rutger Howard, Tom Berenger, Armada Sante, Keith Carradine, and even James Remar. But because of his success or lack of success in performance in the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension, they went with Peter <laughs> Weller to play Robocop from 1987. Uh, basically a revenge story with uh, you have the AI of a basically a man being killed and be put together as, as Robocop. But there's that little hint of what, you know, membrane stuff we see, which makes the movie so intriguing, super violent, uh, a lot of other AI things, including uh, <laughs> some of the uh, the robots gone wrong. The classic scene where they, oh, yeah. they <laughs> test one of the robots and he ends up just making mincemeat out of one of the poor uh, peons of the company. Uh, <laughs> but you have, uh, you know, you spawned a bunch of sequels, but for me, the uh, the original one. Uh, is the one that has the most heart because you have the closeness of the uh, the human and you have the AI that all mixed together um, and great action. And you have the guy from uh, that 70s show. Yeah. Foreman. <laughs> yes. As, as a villain. I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. So And, the, and a lot of good satire. Like, George, you're right in this from uh, Verhoeven, uh, who did, you know, end up doing oh. uh, with uh, Schwarzenegger doing the other Philip K. Dick uh, Total Recall. So my number three is robocop they and they made this a children's cartoon which i always thought was a little strange and toys and everything yeah because uh, it's, it's it's a hard r the movie's a hard r you have sex in it you have a oh, lot yeah. of violence i mean i mean the you actually I, see a guy get his arm shot off yeah well, I can, the crazy I thing i try to show it to my kids you know just the regular action movie we watched it one time and they were just so blown away by the opening where peter weller gets killed i mean it's yeah. like just gruesome violence with these just they're just blowing them up to bits so i mean uh i guess if, you know if he, yeah. if he doesn't come back you know you're like oh my god but i guess that's the whole thing he comes back and as robocop so let's go ahead and take a break that is our number three selections so now we have caitlin presents a roller coaster and a first fall Okay, this is the longest drop ever. <laughs> 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 
Nice little ascent there. Nice. Uh, it was long. <laughs> Let's move on now back to the acting directors. Number three. What you got, Joseph? Okay. Uh, so number three, I have John Houston in Chinatown. Oh, that's uh, my number one. Yes. Uh, so, so good. Ron Polanski likes to use his, uh, his, his fellow directors in a lot of his movies and stuff like that. But I felt like this one, this is not just a little cameo. This isn't just a one scene kind of thing there. Uh, John Houston holds his own as an actor in this one. And uh, I just, I just think it's great. I think it's one of those things that like, he's totally with the whole film noir, you know, he as a director, he has his roots in it and all that. And I think that was the homage that, uh, that Polanski was trying to do. And I just thought it was, it was great, you know, uh, with it, George, why, why you have to say, oh, I agree. This is my number one. Noah cross as a character. So vile, so yes. vile. Uh, but, uh, brilliantly, brilliantly done. Yeah. I have him a couple of honorable mentions from, uh, uh, battle for the planet of the apes. He's the lawgiver. Uh, <laughs> also have him as he played grizzly Adams before, uh, Dan Haggard. Did you know that? No. His, but it's his own directed movie, so it didn't work. But in the life of times of George Judge Roy Bean, he's he's an older Grizzly Adams who digs his own grave. Uh right. Well, George Judge Roy Bean is out there. And then um, of course, uh the, the you see the other side of Midnight, the else the worst Orson Welles last film. No, yeah. I haven't seen that one. I thought that was uh something about wind, wasn't there? A... Uh, uh, sorry, sorry. The uh, uh, other side of the wind. Sorry, other yeah. side of midnight's a different story. <laughs> yeah. Other side of the wind. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, he was really good in that. He's the lead actor in the film that, because that movie's he, crazy. That that that, that movie makes David Lynch movies make sense. You know? Yeah. So I mean, then that movie. Uh, that's the one that uh, Bogdanovich and all them yeah. finished for orson wells that's uh, on netflix but he's he's the lead actor in it he's the and they always said yeah. it was autobiographical if you watch the documentary that corresponds with it which is great yeah the uh, they'll love me when i'm dead is all is i give it high thumbs up yeah, uh, yeah. they're talking about the making of that and and how you know in and, and uh, wells was denying it but it's pretty much a lot of a wells's life story in it but he's really good in that too so john is also uh in candy do you remember that? Yeah, with oh, the, yeah. Ringo yeah. Starr and all them. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, that was Did a lot of acting. And my, I'm probably the only one here who's seen Myra Breckenridge. Have you seen that? No. Nope. <laughs> Why are you talking? That about? is the, the the controversial movie from 1970 where um, Raquel Welch. It's hard to explain. She's a uh, Rex Reed is in it, and he gets a sex change, and he becomes Raquel Welch, and so she's a woman as a man getting revenge on men and John Houston is owns this very strange Hollywood hotel. So it's, it's probably one of the strangest movies you've ever seen. What Raquel year? Welch actually rapes a man as a woman. It's 
it's bizarre. Myra Breckenridge. It was rated X, but it uh, it wow. played on. Yeah, but it uh, now it's a hard R. Um, all right, so we are now uh, George. What is your number three? My number three, directed by Martin Ritt. It's Woody Allen's first straight dramatic role. It's 1976, The Front. Uh, Woody Allen is Howard Prince. Okay, and it's set during uh, the period of McCarthyism in the in the fifties. Woody Allen is this cashier at a at a diner uh, that poses as a writer for all these blacklisted writers uh, to submit their work through. So, in McCarthyism, you know, all these guys were blacklisted, but he would put their name, his name, on their scripts, and then when they would get paid, he'd he'd take a cut. He was very nervous about doing something that he didn't write or direct. Um, but this, this one's, uh, really good. He does it again, like about 15 years later in scenes from a mall where he acts, doesn't write or direct it awful with Bette Midler. Awful. Yeah. Did you like ants? That's the big question. Did you like, ants? Uh, I, (laughs) I, I I like them both, uh, for different reasons, but, uh, yeah, I I liked him. He basically plays Woody Allen in ants. Yes. Uh, and I like um, that. It's yeah. very, 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 uh, very challenging to to make to make hills and of uh, these uh, dirt and and everything. It's just it's very, very messy. There we go. Uh, <laughs> but the, uh, the movie was nominated uh, at an Academy Award for Best Writing and Screenplay, and um, it didn't win. But uh, one thing that I, I think is really cool about this movie is the closing credits actually post six names uh the the cast and crew who were on that hollywood blacklist that the story is referencing um and i thought that was and and the year it shows the year that they were blacklisted but uh and this is the the great uh or the final film of uh zero um help me out here jim what is zero must tell yet yes folks he's still talking i can't believe this but uh, continue but uh as uh i can't remember uh zero must yeah he was like he was the comedian that uh gets black kills him yeah 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 shecky brown shecky brown shecky brown yeah but uh that is my number uh three of the directors turned actors okay number three we first see him in the sonora desert french scientist claude lecombe Oh, oh yeah. I've investigated an airplane in the Gobi Desert, and there's no people in the airplane. There's no skeletons in the airplane. Oh my! Oh, 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 oh. what to do? What to do? We <laughs> we oui, oui. what to wow. do? What to do? I will wow. investigate the whole movie. I will write the song at the end. Boo, 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 boo. And I will meet the people. <laughs> wah, wah, people. Wah. There we go. I am Francois Truffaut. And I played it from uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Wow. That I will is go the to Devil's offensive. Tower. Oh. That's the most offensive impression you've ever done. Come get me, French, <laughs> French guy. Oh. It's really Maurice Chevalier, but, uh, you know. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like uh, like Mel Brooks in the history of World Part yeah, One. Why do we, why all, do we sound- all sound like Maurice Chevalier? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good one. That's my honorable mention, Jim. Definitely have him. All right, so we are on now to number two AI movie. What you got, Joseph? Okay, so number two, uh, you know, I, I, and maybe I'm taking away one of them. Uh, it was a, it was a toss up. 
between the Matrix and Terminator 2, and I went with the Matrix because I felt like, uh, boy, it's probably the most sophisticated AI you get. And uh, rather than kill man, they just turn us into batteries. And uh, that is just such a haunting kind of thing of how we become dependent on them. And the background story, which you really don't get necessarily from the first movie, you get them from all the other stuff, the anime series that they did and all that. But basically the idea behind it is, is that, you know, we use AI, they become sort of like second citizens. They create their own country for them to live there. They try to uh, vie for a position on the United Nations. They don't get that. We go to war with them. We realize to get rid of them, all we have to do is block out the sun. Uh, but then they realize that there's other energy than the sun, and that is us. what they refer yep. to as copper tops, us. So uh, the Matrix there, I mean, you can you can really like get away from that and just say, God, you know, the visuals, the, the fight scenes, all that, fantastic, because what the Wachowski brothers at the time were doing uh, – it was just amazing. It was groundbreaking cinematically, but uh, the story itself is pure AI. It's like, how does man live with uh, its creation? So uh, that's my number two. Nice. Gotcha. George, what's your number two? It's going to be uh, Ava and Ex Machina. We already talked about that, but All Ava. Right. Good. Yep. My number two. Shall we play a game? I'm talking about oh, nice. the, the biggest uh, movies of the 80s, which included AI, which is War Games, where, of course, uh, we have Matthew Broderick as a computer hacker, goes in and changes his grade, shows us his skills. And then, of course, he gets asked, want to play a game? And he puts global thermal nuclear war <laughs> by, by Whopper, by Whopper. The Whopper <laughs> is the machine and any movie that includes. Dabney Coleman, Dabney and, Coleman, yes, and Barry <laughs> Corbin as as Barry villains in, in the movie. <laughs> uh, and I talked about this. This is like his what, second role playing General Berenger in this thing. And Dabney Coleman, of course, uh, you know, uh, great villain. Uh, but we have the whole great climax of the the uh, machine keep on playing the war games and can possibly. Uh, and I like the way the movie opens up because it sets it up with where you have this kind of war game going on with these two guys in this bunker and, you know, the the the, the pressure of pushing the actual button. So we, that kind of sets up the tenseness to it before we get to the Matthew Broderick kind of light stuff and it gets into the end. Very tense, very good 80s movie, especially played on the Cold War themes. Yeah. War games Same. with the Whopper computer is my number two. The nice. only way to win. What's the only way to win, Joseph? It's not to play. Is not to play. Is not to play. Would you yeah. like to play a game of chess? That was the line from the poster. That's right. That's, the way to that's win right. is to not play. What was Corbin's line? I'm trying to remember. I need to look it up. Uh, something about uh, I wouldn't. I think it was it. in. Uh, I think no. it's in French. There's going to be a war game. What do we do? <laughs> uh, what, what was the God? It, I will write this song. Boop, 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 boop. That should help it. That should help it, Joseph. <laughs> you all game is on. Oh. <laughs> Shall we play a game? Ho, 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 ho. All uh, right. You look he, for it, Joseph. Yeah, well, I, I would piss on a spark plug or something. Remember when he said that? Sounds like line? a Barry Corbin line, you know? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So he, we, he didn't even know the cameras were rolling. He just, he just talking. <laughs> Number two acting director. What do you got there, Joseph? Number two, acting director. Yeah. Uh, we're already there. We are already yes, there. Yes. Jeez. 
Okay. Try to keep up. Try to keep I, up, Johnson. I, I apologize. Uh, Sydney Pollock in Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, my number two. My number two. Oh, it's a wow. match. It's a match, folks. It, it And that's the number. Is that number five? No, that's four. Oh, okay. That's four. All right. That's well, four Sydney matches. Pollock, yeah. uh, this is one of those things that uh, really, I felt like he would, he did one of the best acting jobs in the movie. I mean, you had a lot of weird stuff going on there, but basically uh, Sidney Pollack, who's known for things like Tootsie and out of Africa and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, the way we were. Yeah. The way we were, you know, decides to, to act for his friend, Stanley Kubrick. And uh, he, he does a great job as Victor Ziegler, uh, who is the wealthy friend who sort of introduces Tom Cruise's character uh, to this whole secret world of what secret sex society of, of Masonic kind of thing. I don't know. like this underground yeah. stuff. Like I yeah, said, like I said in a previous episode, my wife loves this show except for the last line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that scene uh, where they're in the billiard room, uh, just where he's talking about basically he's schooling Tom Cruise on what power is on uh, the dynamics of power. Do you know who he replaced though? Cause they filmed it with another actor. I forgot. And, yeah. Uh, and the actor backed out and said, this is not the movie I agreed to. Harvey Keitel was the doctor. They oh, filmed wow. all of his scenes and he said, no, take me out. And so Pollock was a, a last minute, um, they went back and, and filmed him, uh, in these scenes. And it's some of the strongest stuff in the movie for me. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I agree. But, uh, it, Cause it kind of, that billiard room scene encapsulates really what the whole movie is going to be about yes. uh, that. And then of course you have, uh, Nicole Kidman's, uh, scene talking about the, the sailor in the, in the elevator, uh, that that's a haunting scene just and everything's just verbal you know yes but uh very very tense so yeah my number two wow to double two so that's a definitely in all right so uh my i'm gonna get score points here for tie in to the other topic so from the best eye category we have her and that was directed by spike jones oh spike yeah jones oh, yes. is, spike jones is my number two for his portrayal of, of every dude we've known from the army, that one kind of runt guy that yeah. got in there and, you know, is, is, has that super dude attitude. Conrad Vig in Three Kings, uh, the yes. uh, George Clooney looking for gold, Saddam's gold film. I thought he really, you know, and Joseph, we've met people like this. It's kind of like that guy that kind of tags along everywhere and, you know, wants to be more important than he actually is. And I thought Spike yeah. Jones did a great job playing this. I think that's me he, in this group. He, <laughs> he, he did a fantastic job. I didn't know what Spike Jones looked like. I, I had heard of him. I knew of him, but I didn't know. And like, whenever I went see three Kings, uh, yeah, he was the scene stealer. Every like, time he was who, in a like, scene. Who is this guy? <laughs> I've never yeah, seen who, this actor who before. Who is this guy? Who, who is this actor and all that? And when they said that, I was like, 
Are you kidding me? Yeah, because it was, it was like, who is this guy? And I've, I know this guy he's playing. I know this. This is the guy that tagged along with us in high school that oh, was said just was super dude. So, uh, but I thought he did a great job in it. And uh, Three Kings was a, you know, a good little, good little thriller. It's sometimes one of the forgotten David O. o. Russell movies because after that he started having super success with Silver Linings and all that stuff too. But uh, that is my number uh, two, Spike Jones from uh, Three Kings. Nice, very so, nice. Good is boy. jones with a z yes yeah oh, sorry and My he own. started doing the whole you know i mean yeah he started off into these great videos that he did i mean the the, the weezer happy days video oh, for yeah. buddy holly you know really made his kind of uh sake to fame and directing with all these great music videos uh, i have I, an I, admission uh before i years ago when spike jones started making his name and he was making videos you know for like mtv type things uh I kept thinking it was Spike Lee. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> and it was like, oh, no, that's not. That's okay. Got it. Can you imagine yeah. that skinny white kid doing do the right thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. I mean, back in the day, they had like the, the one of the first novelty singers and stuff was Spike Jones. And I thought it was like he might have been like the grandchild or the son of this guy who did all these kind of crazy noise records back in the day. Do you know who Spike yeah. Jones is, George? Uh, yeah, he's the, the black guy that made, uh, no, no, the music, uh, the music artist, no, no, no. <laughs> you don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know. Oh, right. yeah. He was, he was like the first weird all Yankovic back in the day in the forties and fifties spike. Jones. Then, I, then I definitely don't know. There you yes. go. So, okay. You have been educated. All right. So we, let's move on now to the number one, uh, AI entertainment, Joseph, what you got? Uh, it's got to be the OG of all this. Oh, uh, yeah. Hal yes. 9000. Hey, roll, matter, Joseph. Roll, roll that. Tom, Tom th this is my number one. Tom made this for me. Oh, Hal, do you read me? Do you read me, Hal? Affirmative, Dave. I read you. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. What's the problem? I think you know what the problem is just as well as I do. What are you talking about, Hal? Yeah, I think you know what the yeah. problem is, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, it's one of those things. Okay, I got, I, I'm going to fess up here and, and George, you can, you, this is blasphemy, I know. I really don't like 2001 Space Odyssey. <laughs> I, I think it's overhyped. <laughs> It's I, not like I, I wrote it or anything. No, but I, it's no, just but, like, you yeah. know. It, I know, it, I know why you preface uh, that, uh, Joseph. Yeah, You know, a lot of people just love this. They heralded. I was like, eh, it's okay. You know, it's okay. But I did like the idea of the evolution stuff. I think, I still think people give it more credit for the ending than the ending deserves. Uh, but I did like the idea of the evolution that back, you know, in the 60s, Kubrick saw the evolution of man was cyber sapien that well, basically Arthur C. Clarke and yeah. Kubrick. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I should say that uh, Clark really had the idea. Kubrick capitalized on it and, and went on and all that. But I felt like, yes, this was truly before war games, before all that you had 2001 space odyssey and they were talking about it before really, really anyone else was because you can, you can sort of cite things like uh, metropolis 
uh, as being, yeah. well, that was, you know, AI, so to speak, and all that. But it was it was more about, you know, more of a Frankenstein kind of thing where this was truly about this this artificial intelligence taking over and deciding that man was the problem and to get rid of it. So it sort of starts the whole genre of AI cinema, you know, with it. So I'm going to let you I'm going to let you speak on. But it's my number one because it deserves it. What's the matter, Joseph? Didn't like the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think part of the problem uh, with viewers and this movie is Kubrick, Kubrick, Kubrick did something, I think, very brave as a director. You don't uh, and you're not intended to connect with any of the characters. Uh, So it's interesting, unlike, say, maybe even if you don't like Barry uh, Lyndon, uh, you know, Ryan O'Neill in that role, there, there are human qualities, but this, everybody is very detached. Uh, And, and I think that's deliberate and I think it's an interesting choice, but what I love about the books uh, and the movies, there, there there's some differences there, but what I love about this movie is how, he doesn't go crazy as a lot of people thought. Okay. Right. Right. It's not malfunction. He's, he, he is given two different directives. And so what he does is he gets the astro spoiler. He gets the astronauts that are awake. He gets them outside of the spaceship. The moment they leave the spaceship, Hal is in control. So he plays a chess game with them, which you actually see him play just with them. Uh, but, but so he had to get in order for him to be able to take over, he's got to get them outside of the spaceship. And when he does that, he is now in control and he can complete the mission. So he was told, and we learned some of this in, in 2010, he was told the mission is the most important thing. And now you have these two obstacles to the mission, the two astronaut characters. So he had to get them out, which getting them out of the ship, obviously they would die. So it's brilliant. Um, so but, uh, does this explanation help you like the movie more, Joseph? No, I'm, I'm not trying to convince him to like it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Here, Here's the difference That's between Joseph. For. Here's the difference between Joseph and I and you, Jim. We can intelligently like or, or not like something and not be offended when the other one is like, right. Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> oh, I'm not I didn't care for it. You, you get like, uh, you start making it. That's that is a general. A disc- that's just like a blanket statement, George. When I've been offended about any my, my uh, choices, <laughs> it, 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 it's a fallacy. It's a fallacy. That's what you're saying, right? What's it's the matter, George? Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it makes the list. So the future will find out about the hot uh, the Hal nine thousand. Now I want to ask you, Joseph. Did you ever make the connection that Hal? H A L is one letter off of IBM. Do you okay, think that was so, inter- no that, that that sort of urban lore? In all honesty, it's it's the same as uh, uh, the legend of how uh, what I call it, the Wizard of Oz is based on on the uh, the Depression era yeah. and all that. Both of those were sort of made up by because uh, basically Clark and Kubrick have come back and defended that. They said. Absolutely not. That when they saw that they were horrified and they would have named it something else, but it was sort of like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds for oh, them. Okay. 
because they said that uh, when they were making the film, they relied a lot on IBM uh, for technical aspects of things. So they, they literally like apologized to IBM and saying, yeah. you know, sort of like what Lennon did, because yeah, I, I thought the same thing for, and it was whenever I was doing research on this one that I discovered that was more of an urban lore kind of thing, because I was, I was going to use that too. I was going to, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> And then I was like, I was like, oh, wait a minute, right here. There's actual articles. Okay, well, thanks, of saying, thanks for yeah. clearing that up. Well, and uh, uh, well, I saw an interview thing. with Kubrick, and and the, and the funny thing is, he's like, he's on notice is like a hard director, making people do a bunch of takes. This is yeah. like later yeah. in his life, but he was like, that wasn't on me. He's like, if they were ready, if the actor was prepared and they were ready, I took one take, and they yeah. the actor would go back and do interviews and say Stanley was so hard. But he's like, if they weren't ready with the material and couldn't interpret it well, that was on them. So he's like, that's not my at, fault. <laughs> we're looking at you, Shelley Duvall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, poor the, Shelley uh, Duvall. Oh, poor Shelley Duvall. <laughs> but Arthur C. Clarke, uh, basically the inventor of this of the satellite. Uh, Jim, what was the first the, the demo light. tape? The, <laughs> we did a demo I, tape I, for I our band. I couldn't spill back then, but we and had George. Yeah, this goes back to George. So we we made a bunch of he made a bunch of copies of the uh, the cover. George did a great art job. He did like these elephants in a row and and kind of this amazing design in between televisions. Yeah, and, it's, it, and was what, really, and it, it was had, really and it had pictures. Little Wait, tiny this band is like Arthur this band has got something. This band's gonna go far. And it said, "What was in, the name of the album, Jim?" In the garden of the Saint Light people. <laughs> yeah, I misspelled satellite. In the <laughs> it was supposed to be in the garden of the satellite people. This was after we had printed up all of these things. Oh, he printed up <laughs> tons of them. We were, we were, yeah. we were stuffing, we were stuffing cassettes because we we're gonna give them out to people, and we're like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> <laughs> In the garden of the Saint Light people, nothing has yep. changed, folks. Nothing That's, has changed. Yeah. Not a not a bit. Not that a bit. is awesome. Okay, we are that still on awesome. number one, guys. I know we took a little Sorry. big giant detour there, but my number one is a movie that came out in 1984. It looked like a cheap, just thriller. It looked like this thing is like, you know, going to be here for one week and go. Uh, even by the trailer, I first saw as a kid, I was like, okay, this is just a kind of a slasher movie with a robot. But the Terminator. Batteries not included. Okay, <laughs> but the, the Terminator said came around and pretty much had a lot of legs, as we know. There's a lot of sequels. Oh yeah, and the first movie shocked everybody. I mean, the original casting they were thinking about putting O.J. Simpson in this thing to get more people in the seats. You know, this is uh, before uh, you know James Cameron had a big hit. So the last thing he did before this was a, a movie about a, a kind of a ripoff of the Alien, where a big bug raped a girl. <laughs> Galaxy of Terror. <laughs> which was I saw, which was like, oh, my God, this is a complete alien ripoff. But he wrote that. So but in the Terminator, we see really uh, how Cameron uh, brought this amazing sci fi world, including Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was kind of on the downside of his career. This is kind of before he had everything, the command really and big and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, he was still kind of, you know, trying to find his way. He did Conan, but that was about it. So uh, when the Terminator come out and we see this amazing kind of, you know, this whole coming on, on earth and then chasing after one person because it controls the future and this whole thing takes place in uh 2029 so they were they were kind of cutting it close too for us but you know a lot more not more years than westworld but um great uh great story i mean it's been retold four or five times <laughs> remade into other terminated uh, sequels they even brought the original cast back for a failed last sequel uh. but the, the terminator <laughs> Do you, uh, from so, 1984 so, is, is the best one i think and it's the best 
version of uh, Schwarzenegger's AI. So you like it more than Terminator 2? Yeah. See, yeah, I, I, I go back and forth on that because I think the originality part of, of the, the first Terminator is by far superior, but I felt like AI-wise, I think, you know, when you talk about Skynet and stuff like that, it sort of dives more into it in Terminator. And let's face it, like, that's whenever Cameron had the money. You know, yeah. and, and oh, I mean, and he's, yeah, he's, t- he's stealing, stealing stuff from the dollars, yeah. stealing yeah. stuff from the abyss. You know, the abyss was basically oh. see if this thing works. You know, <laughs> oh, <laughs> let me, absolutely. Let me try it on this movie and see if this uh, water uh, face uh, works. You know, okay, I I, I like the abyss. I gotta no, say, you, I think I, you I, and I, I saw it together in the same yeah, theater. Yeah, I liked it, but yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the liquid technology, the liquid <laughs> CG thing, it was totally like, oh, okay, well, you know, we got to use this somehow. We got to get our money's worth out of this. You know. Uh, but yeah, I I like this one a lot. Like I said, I had I had the Terminator too, but still the Terminator and Matrix because I felt like those were two definitive type movies, and I would give it to the Terminator starting it out there because yeah. I mean you're right, the franchise, the legs on this thing, yeah, I'll be we- back, the catchphrases, everything, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, so I think we are officially done unless we, uh, Jim, did, did you know this though, about the Terminator originally Schwarzenegger was going to be in the Kyle Reese role. Oh, the Michael Bean. Yeah. He wasn't going to yeah. be the Terminator. He was going to be that. And, uh, I don't think it would have worked. Uh, no, no we've had no. other Terminators now. Was OJ uh, going to be the Terminator? And then how, uh, he's, I he's think, a- I think that's what they were going to do. Uh, they were going to have Schwarzenegger hunt OJ um and then you know oj had just think of how that would have held up in time (laughs) yeah yeah but uh yeah that's a good one like capricorn one um all right so we are on now to did you do number one and i had mine you guys done with your directors no i'm done with directors i got i got my number one okay joseph what is it uh martin scorsese and quiz show uh directed by robert redford uh i thought that scorsese's role as sort of the the corporate, what was it like a tobacco company or something? Yeah, a lot uh, of those uh, back in the day, a lot of those he, companies ruled ruled the shows. Yeah, yeah, you know, and he plays a menacing part. You know, he's he's he, you know, sort of does this whole explanation of like you know the integrity of television and all that, like what it really is, how the corruption works, and all that. I thought it was a really great role that a lot of people, you know. And they don't think about that. They they think about Ralph Fiennes, you know, uh, and his role in all that. But Scorsese did a good job uh, with it. And it's sort of, you know, from all his documentaries, how he talks really fast about movies and stuff like that. He was able to bring that kind of energy to to this particular role. So that's my number one. Okay. What nice. wasn't he uh wasn't he in that Shark Tales movie too? Yeah, he was like a gangster or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, he was. And they gave him they gave him like really big eyebrows on the fish too. I was like, that's a little <laughs> insensitive. <laughs> oh, on the nose there. <laughs> yeah, <Right> on the <laughs> nose. <laughs> All right. All so right. we're move, moving on now to the uh uh deciding factor here. Uh, you want to move to the director turned actor first? Uh, I'm good. I'm good for whatever. I, yeah. I do have an honorable mention for the uh, AI thing when we get. The, uh, oh yeah, I, oh. yeah. You're right, George. Honorable mentions when we get back from whatever this is. Oh wow, we got we got uh, a really interesting one from Ozzy Adams uh, from Down Under, our first Australian guy. Is this real? Oh Jim, I hate I hate to say this, but uh, 
this is directly to you. Uh, he's like, I'm not going to do the accent because that'd just be, you know, that insensitive would... of me. I'll, I'll but he, give it a try. <laughs> he, he's, he, he says, you know, what what is up with Jim's Bondi Beach? There's no such thing. I'm a huge Midnight Oil fan, like all true Australians should be. Uh, and there's never been uh, a song ever called Bondi Beach. I, I did go to try to listen to it after the show and realized it was a song called Busta Bondi, where they only say it once. They didn't do the chant like I heard at that beach, so I don't know what that mystery song is, and I apologize. If they were just chanting Bondi Beach, Bondi <laughs> Beach. So I maybe wonder they, if it was maybe a, they weren't singing a song. They were just maybe it was excited. just a, yeah, maybe it was just some other song they just started making their own chant up to. Maybe it was like the Mandela effect. I thought it was Midnight Oil because it sounded like Midnight Oil where the crowd was chanting. So I apologize to you, Ozzy. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi, oi, oi. Sorry. Oh, man, you're really offending this guy. Uh, listen, no, that's Ozzy. the chant. That's that's the chant for we, the Olympics. Oh, well, <laughs> we're, we, we, we're sorry and we suck, Ozzy. Sorry about that. But no, uh, Jim, Jim sucks. Jim, Jim sucks. But I was, I was out there <laughs> broadcasting and, and we were doing the morning show in Houston and the show out in uh, Australia was from 9 a.m. to 1 a.m. So we got all the cookies. Oh, so they were all they were all <laughs> running up to our, uh, <laughs> and we were based in Houston. They're like, hey, I got an uncle in Dallas. Can you say hi to him? I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> nice. But we had the Aussie Aussie. They would come up drunken and scream in our window. Aussie Aussie Aussie. Oi oi oi. No. <laughs> nice. Bondi Beach. Bondi, Bondi Beach. Beach. Ending a morning show at one o'clock in the morning. That was fun. Um, well, all right. Well, okay, so we're going to come up with our list here, guys. Uh, well, let me give you a couple we, honorable we, mentions because I know George had some too. I had oh, okay. uh, Roger Corman. Roger Corman in uh, Godfather Part Two as one of the. Uh, Yes, uh, panelists for victory, uh, and then also for um, Orson Welles, which I thought was—it's more of a cameo, but I thought it added like some weight to the movie when the Muppets are waiting for the the big Hollywood honcho, and we find out it's Orson Welles. Now, as a kid, we don't know who Orson Welles is; we just know it's the guy who right. does magic on the Tonight Show. But now, <laughs> seeing seeing the, the with the gravitas of who it is, you know, the Muppets are trying to make a movie. It's the guy who made the the greatest movie of all time, Orson Welles. So that's one of my honorable mentions, George. My, my I, I mentioned mine before about Arson Wells, and that's the only one I'm going to throw out there because the third man is a fantastic movie and uh, his part in it is great. So go ahead. George. I have one for uh, best AI. Are we ready to talk about that? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I had one for that too, but go ahead do yours first. Uh, I don't know what it's called. And this afternoon I actually tried to find this. Do y'all remember the movie Simon Alan Arkin? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. There's a scene. It's so stupid. My this mother guy, was a toaster. <laughs> this guy is is talking to this giant phone very seductively, and it's the yeah, AI. It's Austin I, Pendleton. I watched it recently. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that would be my honorable mention. Yeah, I, I was going to try to put it on there because uh, that's back when AI was. Because um, I don't. What is that movie, Jim? Nineteen seventy six. That's the nineteen. No, it's nineteen eighty. Right, the virtue because that's a big movie channel one for Joseph and I. Because it's oh, uh, the one scene it. where they're doing all the tests on him when he fights. He's an alien. Yeah. And then the, the this all the heads of the sperm are his face. <laughs> yeah. Just, well, he, right. go, he goes into that uh that sensory deprivation <laughs> tank. Yeah, yeah. And that's when he comes out there. He goes, Altered My mother. States. Yeah. 
was a toaster. <laughs> we used to say that line all the time in middle school, like seventh grade math. We would just say that over and over again. <laughs> it is so bizarre, but it's it's a good one. Uh, my Mine is also a bizarre film. Uh, it is Andy Kaufman and Bernadette Peters and Heart Beeps. Which oh, man, was that was so weird. Which so is, weird. The movie is so short, it's only an hour and 13 minutes and also I actually had, own this movie <laughs> it also had the uh the Catskill comic comedian yes, I think his name yes. was Catskill like a Rodney Dangerfield that just told jokes all the time but you had the robots yeah. basically falling in love and are on a trek to you know uh to leave and they I guess it was trying to make it like the Wizard of Oz because they did this whole kind of journey thing but no one liked it but I, I kind of liked it as a kid and I thought it was kind yeah. of a, only the little kid robot that they made together so yeah spoiler uh, uh, a movie that that I liked a lot did not do well. Uh, I saw it. I mean, emotionally got involved with it. Thought it was a great job. One of Robin Williams' better films, oh, I think, is Bicentennial Man. Yeah, uh, I really thought that it it really evaluated the idea of like what separates man and machine very well in a heart kind of you know emotional way uh, to it and all that. Unlike Unlike uh, what do you call it, uh, Blade Runner, where the you know the the replicants only have four years. This guy lives for two hundred years, right? And so he has this whole evo evolution bicentennial <laughs> on that. Uh, what a coincidence! Exactly uh, no, but th this is good. Uh, th this is one that I thought, yeah, it's really good. But the only the reason why it makes my honorable mention not in it uh, is because. There is sort of this lightning thing that happens, so it's sort of like the the short circuit thing. Of I'm like, a real boy. Oh, yeah, Pinocchio, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much, uh, that's exactly it. Since George added a TV, I'll add one TV, and we'll, let's move on to the voting from the AI. It's Johnny Sacco and his flying robot who helped, uh, you know, it was a, a great Chinese-Japanese uh, show back in the day, kind of next to Ultraman. He had a flying robot who protected the whole thing. Okay. Okay. Last one. I promise. Oh Listen, God. Data Star Trek. That's all oh, I'm going to say. That, that yeah. that's all I'm going to say. They have Since a George whole, broke like, the TV fourth the wall. We'll all add one yeah. for him. So it didn't say on the paper. It didn't say on the office. Paper. Is going to be talking to us about this later. I promise. Yeah. They'd be like, what happened? It did not. It How did come not the guy doesn't say understand? The, this is the sixth time it's happened. The, well, Somebody you know do something. <laughs> We're they trying can to retire me. Home they office. Can, they can retire me. Home office. <laughs> we are trying. We are trying very hard. You set Nebular down here. I don't know what else to do. I, Tom. Tom. When will he get a topic right? All right. Tom, so Tom can sit in this seat. I don't mind. You know, I got things to do. You know. What about what about robot George? Would he do better? <laughs> Probably not. I know. Robot George spells worse than real George does. That's that's what. That's amazing how that how the technology would make the spelling even worse. Oh yeah, yeah. that's an amazing AI so, right there. So uh, in, in the so, garden of the Statelite people, whatever. <laughs> so part of this, guys, part of this, like I gotta tell you now, uh, when we choose our list and all that, we have an extra special step in our selection process. Oh, uh, yeah. are we doing that now? Uh, and we're going to, we're going to talk, well, we're going to do our list and then we're going to do it, uh, but I'm teasing the audience here. Oh, it's not, does this involve AI our choosing our list for us? It, well, we're going to see whether or not 
AI agrees with the crispy coat robots. Okay. So we're going to do okay. our list. I'm going to put in. And we're going to okay. ask an AI. So go ahead. I'll ask. I'll, ask, I'll get ready. I'll get ready to push the button. I'm going to put. Are we? Are we doing directors and AI? No, I'm just going to say what is the yes, top AI five movies. AI movies. Okay. okay. So well, let's do the. Let's start with the director thing, and then we'll move to the AI. Because we've got four directors turned to actor. We've got Sidney Pollock as Victor Ziegler in Eyes Wide Shut. John Houston as Noah Cross in Chinatown. David Lynch as John Ford. Such a great moment there. Gary Marshall, Lost in Santa America. Claus. Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. Mm -hmm. So what we have to choose from, Orson Welles as General Dreedle, Catch-22. Quentin Tarantino as Richie Gecko from Dusk to Dawn. Woody Allen as uh, Howard Prince, The Front. Robert Downey Sr. in Boogie Nights. That French guy. In Francois Tuffel. In Close Encounters of the Third Guy. Uh, <laughs> Jones in Three Kings. And finally, the great Martin Scorsese in Quiz Show. Now, as much as I like Carantino, I think it's kind of disqualified because it kind of breaks the rules. He wrote the script. I so didn't, see, I didn't, I didn't realize that. So, yeah. so uh, I mean, yeah, okay. so I mean, kind of takes him out because everybody else kind of follows the rules on that. So I it is say, a good choice, George, but, but yeah, I gotta say uh Truffaut. I like a lot. Uh, oh. although, although Jim is being so <laughs> offensive about it. Uh, I really like that one a lot, but I'm going to, I'm going to throw my hat in for Spike Jones because you know what, if I really thought about it, Jim, I would have put him on my list too. It's a stronger uh, role for sure. It, it, yeah, it, 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 it is a role. A lot of these things are short, shortened things, but yeah. it is a full role. You know, it, it's a full role. And like I said, I thought he was just a great actor. I'm going to, I'm going to side with that because if you take the French guy out of close encounters, it still works. Three Kings is a different movie without Spike Jones. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And the, um, and of course the tie in to her for the AI list. I thought that was, that's pretty clever on my part. Oh, bonus points. You get bonus points, Jim. Not from, not bonus from points. Oh, not from you, George. Oh, Monday okay. Beach. <laughs> still, still sore about that. All, All right. right. Uh, best AI. The two that we have is Hal 9000 from 2001 Space Odyssey and Ex Machina. What we have to choose from David from AI, Kit from Knight Rider, which I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Spacey as Gertie from Moon, Future World, Her, Westworld, Blade Runner, Peter Weller and Robocop, The Entire Matrix, War Games, which, uh, what did y'all say? That was a uh, big whopper. 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 Uh, and then finally, The Terminator. The Terminator. I'll be back. George will be terminated. Get to uh, the chopper. So, so do we want to think like an AI? Do we want to think like an AI? Because I guarantee Get you to that, the chopper. that her will be on it. Her okay, will be well, on let, it. Let's put, let's put her just hers. A great movie. And the thing is I, out of all of these, there's no special effect, <laughs> you know, no, no. The, the three of us could make this movie, you know, Seriously. all we do is yeah. uh, have to have a really pleasant female voice. Uh, -huh. uh so, okay. Well, George, you're in. All right. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, so what, uh, what else? Um, uh, I, I like, I like war games. Nostalgia wise, the Whopper. Wise, the Whopper. Okay. All right. Uh, so one more, I think we have to do Terminator. Uh, okay. 
I'll do Terminator. Like I said, it was it was between that and the Matrix for me. So. Terminator and Westworld to me have a lot of parallels. Yeah, they do. Uh, they in do. terms of the Yul Brenner, the pursuit of of the AI. You know, AI will lot, kill you. A lot of these others, you know, you have AI uh, and but they kind of stay in their own lane. Terminator and and um, the the Yul Brenner uh, portrayal of of the gunslinger. They, you just can't get away, you know, unless no. you have, have some acid. All right. Well, so we got our face. five because I have the five now from okay. the AI. So here's where we end up with X Machina, Hal, her war games and terminators. Let's see what the All AI right. says. now, 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 when I read these off, is this the list that's taking part or something that matches our list that is on there for sure? Are we going to succumb to AI? Is that what you're saying? Yes. I, I, think, I think if any of this list is in the AI that we have to put it in. Okay. Here's number five from our AI. Come Her. on, Knight Rider. Okay. Her from 2013. Her, I knew it. Smarter number than four. AI. AI, artificial intelligence from 2001. Oh, there you go, George. David, David. Number three, not even on the list. iRobot from 2004. Pass him uh, off. So am I putting a, what, how, what, what do you do? Oh, I, 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 only that, if it, only if it matches, I think, are we putting it in? Right? Okay. Is that the. Uh, number the two from 1999, The Matrix. Ooh, oh, Joseph. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And the number why you, one, why do you sound disappointed? <laughs> and the number one AI movie, according to our AI, is The Terminator. Oh, wow, 1984. Nice. Not the sequel, but the original 1984 Terminator. Isn't that interesting? Because uh, it had AI, which was George's selection, Terminator, which was your selection, her, which was my selection, and The Matrix. You oh, and The Matrix, Matrix, I guess. And then uh, iRobot, which nobody selected. No, that, you know. that movie, I hated it because I'm a fan of the books. I'm a big Isaac Asimov uh, fan. It's just awful compared to the book. Yeah. Okay. I agree. But uh, so, so, so we, we what do we do in, here? Do we, are we taking, yeah, we got to take something off. Uh, one, so what two, we take off. That's we, that's, we've got to have Hal. I can't believe it didn't have Hal in here. Yeah. Hal didn't make the cut. I think wow. Hal's not in. Hal's not okay. going in the future. So, so do we want war games? Because no. we have three. So we need, we, we have. Uh, no, we have four. David, one, her, two, Matrix, three, and Terminator. Oh, crap. Okay, yeah. So is it 2001, X Machina, or war games? It's got to it's gotta be Hal because he's uh, the granddaddy. I think you know what the problem is just as well as I do. What are you talking about? I, 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 I kind of like the Ekmekina better because I think it's more modern and kind of more of, a, of what we see today. Uh, but, I mean, if you want to do Hal, Joseph, you, it's all in your hands. It's the, I, hey, look, look, his, I put his choice is in of, your hands, dude. I, <laughs> don't say that, I, man. <laughs> don't say that. Uh, I, I, both of those were... Boy. <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> you are a real boy. What is that even about? Okay. Uh, Kate, Kate, do you still have uh, control of the AI, Jim? Yes. Put which is the be better movie? X oh, Machina nice. or 2001 Space Odyssey? See what it comes up with. Okay. 
I put the top five actors who direct. <laughs> <laughs> Just right, so to see. Uh, yeah. So, so what was, what, which is the better movie? Uh, yeah. X which is the better AI movie or movie? No, just better movie. X McKenna. I'm sure it's going to be 2001. It's, it's going to say War Games. <laughs> That'd be awesome. This is so exciting for our listeners All right, right now. Which they're, is the better movie? And what does it say? Ooh, this is subject subjective. It depends on personal preferences. Ex Machina is a psychological science fiction film. Why 2001 is a classic science fiction epic. Both are critically came, claimed and have their own unique strength and style. <laughs> Didn't tell no, us anything. Stupid no AI. answer. The AI is a coward. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with 2001 just because I feel like, and, and, but I enjoy Ex Machina more. But I'm going to go with 2001 because I think um, I, it, it was the original concept. For me. <laughs> I, I think it's what taught us to fear AI. That right yes, there. Yes, I agree. You know. So, all right. So, what we all end right. up with? Uh, all right, is David I, from. Wow. Oh, do you, what are you doing? Real quick, I just this is uh, this is the question to top five best acting roles by a director. So, oh, okay. And and this, I guess, it did not cipher out movies that directed Woody Allen and Annie Hall, Ben Affleck in The Town, Clint Eastwood in Unforgiven, uh, George Clooney in Oh Brother Where Out Thou, and Eddie Murphy in Dreamgirls. Yeah, that's intelligence. That that's artificial. Yeah, that's very artificial. <laughs> so, so there you go. All right, George, continue. All right, so we end up with David from AI, Hal nine thousand from two thousand one, her, The Matrix, and Terminator. Thank you, AI, for your help in confusing us even more tonight. Uh, I, and- I guarantee you that this AI would have picked uh, Home Alone two as. One of the best sequels. The sequels. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah, we we had that. We had that happen. Uh, I think we're done, right? Yeah. That's it. All, all right. I got That's one it. last question to ask AI. Review of crispy coated robots AI show. I think you know what the problem is just as well as I do. <laughs> oh god let's read the review it's gonna be a good one thanks tom i'm sorry i couldn't find information about the specific show called crispy cutter robots ai can you please provide more context or details about the show no well, i can't sorry ai well you can uh if you go to our website oh look at this joseph crispycoded.com right crispycodedrobots.com yeah. i'm putting in the uh, ai right now you so, can crispy. also catch us on every type of streaming service possible uh, all podcast there. platforms we's there and uh, uh and really this ai oh, if wow. i really wanted to know about us it would uh go out and seek out some merch it just put uh, us yeah. down yeah. it just put us yeah. down ai just made i'm sorry i couldn't i'll read it like how i'm sorry i couldn't find any information about the website crispycoderobots.com and as it does have to be <laughs> appear to be well-known website or platform <laughs> it might be relatively new or a niche website or the domain might not have been developed yet. So we've been just put it down by just AI. as well as I do. What are you talking about, Hal? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so AI has just Alex. put us down, folks. Well, that's it. You there know. you go. Okay. All well, right, let's wrap this thing up. Let's let's go ahead and shoot this thing up. And okay. this is the part of the AI I don't understand. We shoot it up and then bury it in the ground. So, all <laughs> yeah. right. Shovels, everyone. Okay. All right. Got it. Got it. Let's do it. Go ahead. Remember, it's always tomorrow. The real boy! Or is there?